It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Tuesday, September 6th, 2022. I'm Brooke Schaefer with Raven News. The city is developing a new strategic plan that spans the next five years. When the Sitka Assembly met on Thursday, they heard a presentation on the first draft of the plan from SSW Consulting. The strategic planning process kicked off in February of 2022, with a steering committee of Assembly members and city staff leading the way through workshops, focus groups, media outreach, and a community survey, which 689 Sitkins completed. By combing through thousands of community comments collected over several months, a few themes emerged, ranging from affordability and quality of life to supporting economic development and managing the city's debt while addressing its infrastructure needs. Here's consultant Sarah Singer-Wilson. Primarily heard over and over again about access to childcare and the desire for that, um, for affordable housing and more diverse housing options. Uh, to alleviate the co- you know some of the burdens of the utility costs, especially for some folks. Um, mitigate the impacts of tourism. So you know again, preserving quality of life for, for the people of Sitka. The plan identifies five overarching goals, preserving the quality of life for Sitkins, improving communications and strengthening relationships within the community, aligning resources for a sustainable community, and investing in sustainable infrastructure. The fifth goal is that the city will be recognized as being a great place to work and an excellent service provider to the community. On that last one, Wilson said there was room for improvement. She said 38% of survey responses rated the general city service satisfaction level at average. 33% below average or poor. And so I think, again, this is where just focusing on those organizational development actions that you'll see in the plan are going to be really important to help improve service levels. Assemblymember Kevin Knox asked how that rating compared to other cities. Wilson said it was somewhat lower than what she sees in other communities, though she said coming out of the pandemic, survey respondents often aren't as gracious with their ratings. Knox said he felt many cities might not see positive ratings in general. Tor Christensen agreed. Nobody ever, or very, very rarely, ever goes to City Hall unless they have a problem. And so they're not happy when they walk in the door, <laughs> you know. Other communities have recreation programs. They have yeah. some things that do help the citizens in, in sort of maybe non-tangible but satisfactory type ways. Wilson said that over time, with plans and procedures in place, cities can see customer service improve and people's interactions will be more positive. And that's one of the hopes with the strategic plan, described in the document as an opportunity for the community to reflect on the current state and determine what we want Sitka to be in the future. It's not to be confused with the city's comprehensive plan, which focuses on more long-range planning. A strategic plan is more short-term and tactical. The Assembly's comments at Thursday's work session will be incorporated into a revised document of the strategic plan. Sitkins can view the plan online and provide comments over the next two weeks. The final draft of the plan will be up for an Assembly vote at the end of the month. Sitka is considering action to limit the growth of short-term rentals in the community based on both a sudden uptick in the number of permit applications this year and the widespread feeling in town that housing is extraordinarily tight.
but now it's more than a feeling. The Alaska Department of Labor's latest monthly report shows Sitka near the top of the list of communities whose housing stock is tied up in short-term rentals, and the available long-term housing is costing Sitkins more than Alaskans who live elsewhere. KCAW's Robert Woolsey reports. 2022 is not the first year that Sitkins have complained about a housing shortage, but it does seem more acute lately. In just the last few days on a social media page called Sitka Housing Leads, there are five new postings in search of places to live by a tidy non-smoker, by someone hoping for two to three bedrooms, not more than $1,600 a month, and by someone desperately in search of a place for themselves and a medium lab dog mix through November who is open to anything. There are also some housing units listed, including a three-bedroom, two-bathroom apartment for $1,500, which is sure to be snapped up, a nicely remodeled four-bedroom house, but sorry, no ocean view, for $625,000. And there's a recent listing for a studio apartment for $2,000, but it has no bathroom. The picture shows a birdhouse, a humorous commentary on a situation that's not especially funny if you're one of those who just can't seem to find a place. This has just been so stressful. Um, There were many times where we were worried and preparing to be possibly homeless in a few months or living out of our car, um, which I didn't expect. Ben Kinzer testified before the Sitka Assembly in March of this year when a proposal to freeze short-term rental permits came up. Kinzer and his partner, both fully employed and good jobs, had moved six times in 18 months. The Assembly ultimately declined to impose a freeze on short-term rentals and instead is moving toward issuing permits only to residents for rentals at their primary residence, the original idea behind a bed and breakfast. The ordinance appears likely to pass, but members noted the absence of hard data to back up the experiences of those like Kinzer who felt the pinch. That data may have arrived. The September report of the Alaska Department of Labor, called Trends, has extensive research on rentals in the state, and it puts the situation in Sitka in perspective. For example, in the second quarter of this year, April through June, Sitka had 151 vacation rental listings out of a total housing stock of just over 4,000 units. That's 3.5% of Sitka's available housing in short-term rentals. In Juneau, there's considerably more housing stock, almost 14,000 units, but only 379 short-term listings in the same period. That's about a full percentage point below Sitka. Kodiak falls into the same range as Juneau, 2.5% of housing is short-term, and Ketchikan is even lower, at 1.9%. In fact, the only place to top Sitka is the Kenai Peninsula, with a whopping 6.8% of available housing listed as short-term rentals. Where Sitka and Kenai diverge, though, is in the cost of long-term housing. Kenai ranks lowest in the state, with residents spending 22% of their wages to pay an average rent of just over $1,000. Sitkins, on the other hand, are at the top of the list, paying 31% of their wages to pay an average rent that is $350 more than Kenai. The last piece of the housing puzzle in Sitka doesn't quite fit as easily into the scarcity picture. While a lot of Sitka's available housing is tied up in short-term rentals, the vacancy rate for long-term housing is the highest in the state, 7.6%. Gunnar Schultz, 
the research economist in Juno who authored the report in Trends, wrote, Rising costs and waning pandemic supports have increased the burden on tenants. The prices of big-budget items such as food and gas have risen substantially over the last year. Meanwhile, eviction moratoriums, stimulus payments, expanded unemployment benefits, and emergency rental assistance have all expired, adding unusual twists to affordability calculations. All of this suggests that housing is dynamic, and what was accurate in the second quarter of this year might not be accurate in the third. Who knows? With a little paint and the right furniture, that birdhouse might be a steal. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Robert Woolsey. The Alaska Marine Highway Operations Board is scheduled to meet this month to come up with a long-range plan it could recommend to the State Department of Transportation. The board has been talking about the plan for weeks. At its last meeting, August 26th, members discussed maintaining year-round service as one of its priorities. Part of that would include replacing old ferries and maintaining a modern fleet. Here's board member Keith Hillard, captain of the Matanuska Ferry. I think that Part of the long-range plan is that no vessel should ever get above 40 to 50 years old. Um, it gets too cost expensive um, to maintain. Board member Ed Page, who is a former U.S. Coast Guard captain, said he could support 20 years as a cap. But he said the board might not want to include specific vessel lifespans at all in the long-range plan. The technology is pretty quickly changing and... Um, I'd be surprised if all vessels are operating on diesel fuel uh, in the next 20 years. I think that you may start seeing more of this ammonia or some other alternatives or hybrid systems. I'm not sure what they are, but I doubt that too many vessels are operating the way they are today or operating that same way in 40 years from now. Board Vice Chair Juanetta Ayers of Anchorage said the plan should include an asset maintenance and replacement schedule. She said they can't predict every problem, but the goal should be for no unplanned downtime for the vessels. Ayers said she wanted the long-range plan to be forward-thinking and focus on positive ways the Alaska Marine Highway System can improve. She didn't want to get stuck on past problems, like inconsistent service, even though those problems are very real to Alaskans. I can tell you that there are a lot of people, a lot of communities who feel that promises have been made with regard to the Alaska Marine Highway System, that they believe those promises have been broken. And it runs very deep. It runs so deep that um, it's just, to me, it's not productive use of time to just explore those old wounds. The Alaska Marine Highway Operations Board was created by the legislature last year and has been meeting every two weeks since February. It's made up of nine members from the DOT, the Marine Highway Service, and the public. The board's next meeting is scheduled for September 9th. I'm Brooke Schaefer, and this has been Raven News.